When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Con Report. Wherever you get your podcast, you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. Always much appreciated when you tune in. Don't forget, you can always read my work on ESPN.com. Today, it's just me and you as I do a wrap-up of the first day of the Commander's Mandatory Minicamp, which means Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Charles Leno, all the guys were here. So we'll get into all that in a minute. I'm going to give you a full wrap-up of what I saw, some impressions of Chase Young. I thought it was pretty good. But I'm going to give you one little reminder with the Josh Harris group is going to meet with the NFL's finance committee in New York on Wednesday. Now, my understanding is that they're obviously going to work through a lot of the issues um, just to see where they're at. My understanding is that Harris has been working with the NFL, going over the offer to kind of get in compliance with what the, with their guidelines, and they'll meet to see where things are at. This is a typical uh, standard procedure as far as the meeting goes. It's not some emergency session. They're always going to meet with the prospective owner at some point during this process, get to know them, ask them about you know what's going on, you know how what are your plans for a stadium? How are you going to finance it? All that good stuff. Anyway, that happens tomorrow. The, again, with the with the timeline, still very fluid. That's all you need to know. Let's get to the field. So let's start with Chase Young because he was back. Now, again, he and Montez Sweat did not appear or did not attend the voluntary OTA sessions. They they were had not been here since really the first week of the workouts. So it's it had been a while, but they've been working out together out in Colorado. So it's not like they weren't doing anything. Again, it's voluntary. It wasn't about the contract or their contract situations. And so they were here today. Again, mandatory, big deal. But you you know all that. So how did Chase Young look? And I didn't really focus a lot on Montez Sweat because Montez Sweat isn't coming off an injury situation. And even though for for Chase, it was a year and a half ago, he's still kind of getting back to where he was and who he was. Sweat, we know who he is. He's got to go out and produce and finish more plays. He's going to be a very good run-stopping end. He's going to he's going to cause some pressures, et cetera. Just got to finish a little bit more, but he is kind of, we know where he's at. With Chase, you kind of want to see where is he at coming off that knee injury, having played three games at the end of the season. So during individual drills, he, he looks spry. You would expect that given that there's no, you know, there's just an athletic situation, going over bags, doing this and that. But he looked spry and he looked um, quick, energetic, looked like himself, sounded like himself, would do the singing and a little bit of dancing while he was waiting in line for his turn. Uh, one time saw him go for one rep and wanted to get right back in line, get to the front of the line to go for another rep right away. That's always a good sign to see. Um, so that was some of the early things there, singing, dance, and all that good stuff. He was himself. Then in the full team stuff, 
the full teamwork, he did look pretty good for a guy who hadn't been out. We hadn't seen him on the field since December or January, whenever the last game was. So that's our first chance. But he looked quick off the ball. He looked like he had some of that explosiveness back. You didn't see the stutter stepping that we saw in the first half of the 2021 season that led to a lot of not very good rushes. Um, he, you know, so I think that was, and he was working against Charles Leno. Leno had not been here as well, was here um, just staying in Dallas with his family. But, you know, it's a first time out there for Leno too. So you take all that into account, but I think the good thing for young is that he, he was energetic on the field. He was, he did show a good first step and he did show the things that you you'd want to see if you're the commander's coaches for his first time back out there. He did wear the brace on his right knee. He was asked if he was going to wear it during the season. All he said right now is he still wants to wear it just basically as precaution. Will he wear it during the season? Don't know yet. I think it's a little bit early to say that. He looked confident. And I think one of the things that one of the, the stumbling blocks for him last year during you know, as we worked toward the end of the year was getting over that mental hurdle with the knee and and not just you know um just making sure when they're when you're around congestion or piles or whatever if somebody can hit that knee are you going to have some issues he had to work past that and you saw today now there's no contact going on so it's not the same thing but he didn't run he rushed like a guy he moved like a guy who was confident in his body and so i think that's those are the good signs now he's got to go to the he's got to produce we, we know all that if he lim limits that stutter stepping or reduces it by a lot, he'll help his production a decent amount. So that was all for a first time out. Good first impression for for Young. Worked most worked exclusively at the right end spot, which is you know how it is in the game. Sometimes he and you know, Sweat will flip flop. Um, you know, so there you go. And then we talked to him afterwards, and one of the things he said he was asked about the fifth year option not disappointed, said he wasn't very, wasn't surprised, said he did feel like himself. And when someone said, well, you know, how do you know you're, you're feeling like you were pre-injury? And he said, watch today, watch the film from today's practice. In other words, he felt like himself. He looked like himself. So go watch it. And that's why he's saying, saying exactly that. Um, he said there was a night and day difference in how he felt at the end of the season to now. And you could, again, you could see it. I think it was as much the confidence in in how he could move and, and how he was moving that really hammered that point home to me. And then with, um, I also think one thing that's important to note with a contract, and you know, while I think you'd always want to have that security of the fifth year, keep in mind, it gets him to free agency one year earlier. So if he goes out and produces like he thinks he can, you're talking 25 million plus versus 17.452. So there's a big difference for him in what he can earn. So that's why with the fifth year, of course, you'd want the team to do it maybe for an ego. But then when you sit back financially, the best thing may be for him if he didn't pick it up. Because he, if he, again, if he goes out and produces, then you really can, you can really drive your price tag up. Now, if you get hurt, that's where you'd like that fifth year option because now you're covered. But he'll, he'll be okay if he produces. So there you go. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Did you know the largest ropes course and zipline park in the country is right here in the DMV? Located in the heart of Montgomery County, the Adventure Park at Sandy Spring combines climbing and ziplining to create an aerial obstacle course unlike any other. With challenges anywhere from 10 to 75 feet in the air, there is something for all skill levels. Looking for some family time or the perfect date night before football season starts? You can even climb and zipline under the stars. Would you rather keep your feet on the ground? Give axe throwing a try. With their projector systems, you can throw at traditional targets, play tic-tac-toe, connect four, or even hunt zombies. Listeners of this show can get $5 off any ticket by entering the code KIME23DC at checkout. That's KIME, K-E-I-M, 23DC. So there you have it, folks. Climbing, ziplining, axes, food, and bonfires right in your backyard. The weather is warming up, so it's the perfect time to head outside and join the adventure at www.theadventurepark.com. That's www.theadventurepark.com and enter promo code KIME23DC. Also watch the defensive line work, sled drills, oh, a couple a couple nuggets from that. One, <laughs> line, line coach Zef Scanina really kind of got on KC2 Hill a little bit. There was a drill where they do this drill where it's, it's a blocking sled. And so you have three, three sleds on there and you, the D line kind of crashes into one crash in the middle. They'll throw a volleyball. They got to bat it down. They crash to the third and then they step up as if you're kind of playing the edge. So on that Scanina kind of got pissed at, at Casey Tuhill twice because he hopped at the end instead of step, you know, move sliding and stepping up, he would hop. And the first time he said, he referred to him as bleeping Peter Rabbit. So he didn't say bleeping. Then the another, next time he said, you bleeping hop on the last one every time. Bleeping Easter is over. So yes, Skinino was a little bit annoyed. Then with Ridge, John Ridgway, Ridgway was back out there. I think this was the first time I saw him go through as much of this work as he had, because he had, remember he had the torn pec. He had surgery on a torn pec earlier this year. So I think he's kind of got to work his way back into shape because at one point Skinino referred to his first step or his movements as being timed by a uh, sand dot. Um, so there you go. Um, anyway, so we saw that. Uh, one other thing, uh, we talked to Tress Way today. So in talking to him, always fun. I'm going to get back on the field in a minute, but it's always fun talking to Tress. We talked to him about him playing sports against his kids and does he let them win? It's like you let them come close, but you beat them. Um, he said the one person he always wants to beat is his wife because she does this kind of funky dance if she beats her, him or the kids. So he makes sure to do that. I know kind of nonsensical stuff. This is what you talk about in June. Um, he also has a very good seat to all this action. Tress has been around, of course, as for a long time. And one of the things that he, we talked to him about was just, you know, the, the vibe and practice and the competition and all that. And, he, and there's how there's, you know, how much energy or, or talking goes on in practice. And there was one time, I think it was last week. He, he wasn't sure, but it sounded like it was last week where the offense was having a really good day and it was not a day we were out there. So his offense was having a really good day and John Allen just kind of stopped practice and loudly 
loudly reminded them there's no pass rush going on. If there was, it'd be a lot different. And nobody questioned him. He said, that's why John Allen is a leader here. He's always got that competitive mindset. And just a reminder that, hey, we're keeping our, you know, you're keeping, you know, you're not going full out right now. So settle down there. But it's also, I think, indicative of when a team is kind of in a good spot, they have those kind of situations and those kind of moments on the field. And one of the things like J.D. McKissick, I felt like added a lot of energy because he talked a lot, you know? Um, and I think that's, I think Biennemi adds energy just by his presence. But I think you get a lot of guys out there with Emmanuel Forbes, I think is going to be that kind of a guy. But one of the things that Rivera talked about last year that I think you'll you'll probably hammer at home again this year is don't just, don't just talk trash to your offense. These are your teammates. They can help you win. Encourage them. Say something positive. If you see something positive, and I saw that last year. I saw that especially out of Montez Sweat. You would hear him compliment a tight end or something like that if he's on the sidelines watching a play. It wasn't just about praising his defense and talking trash to the offense. It was, hey, that was a really good play. Really good job here. I think that stuff is important as well. Anyway, another guy I want to talk about, Cole Turner. One of the things he told us after practice is that he trimmed his body fat from 14% to 9%. So that you would think that that will translate into a little bit more quickness. And I did see him in some red zone drills earlier this spring, look, do a really good job in that short area quickness, short area, um, short spaces um, inside the red zone. I think that's, you know, that would be an area that he can help in. He's got the size. We know that he's looked good this spring. I think it's just a reminder that for all the talk about, you know, oh, they should have taken a tight end. The development is key here. And if he develops, if, if, Logan, now they, these are all ifs, and that's the hard part is if he develops, and there's been no reason to, I mean, he certainly looks like it, if Logan Thomas is healthy, and he he's looked pretty good, um, and then if Curtis Hodges can develop, then that's really good for them. Now, those are all three ifs, and not, not all the ifs are always going to hit at the same year, but Cole Turner, to this point in June, has had a nice spring. By the way, he dusted Troy Apke in the slot one time. And I, you know, I know what you're going to say there, but it was a good move by by Cole Turner to get open. And it was like when I say dusted, it was by a good five, six yards. And again, out of slot, out of the slot. Um see, catch of the day belonged to, and I wrote down, oh, that's right, Mitchell Tinsley. He had the catch of the day. And this was from Jake Fromm down the left side, kind of a reaching lunging grab where he falls to the ground, grabs it. Just a nice job. Good throw by Fromm but also a really good catch by Tinsley. Jamin Davis worked an individual, and then he was off to the side again. He had the procedure on his knee, and it was his right knee. He said it was something that was that bothered him during the offseason, and he waited up, and he, he was hoping that rehab and rest would take care of it, but when it didn't get better before they came back for their OTA sessions in April, he went ahead and had the procedure done. But, you know, he's again, he's going through individual drills. So when he gets back, I don't know, certainly wouldn't certainly not expecting it this week. Um, but for training camp, you would think he'd be good to go. And I think, you know, people always ask, why did you wait to have surgery? He waited because he wanted to see if other stuff would help first. The re again, rest, recovery, rehab. And when it didn't, then you go ahead and get it done. I'll be curious to see how he handles, too, the one-on-one -on -one competitions against running backs. Um, the other thing is, I'm sorry, let me take that back him and also Kalik Hudson because Kalik Hudson has been filling in for Davis during the team drills and Hudson's the guy I'm really curious to see how he handles those one-on-one -on -one situations with running backs because that's a, that's going to be a big part of his game he had a really nice last game to the year can he build on that that's what training camp is going to reveal
Let's get to the quarterback. There's always a big deal. So I got a few minutes here on Sam Howell. And by the way, Ron Rivera said today, it's like he was asked, like, do you view this as a competition? Well, yeah, he does. Of course you do, because they haven't, you, you, you can't say that it's not because Howell's still, they want, they have been very, very clear. He has been very clear from the beginning that Howell goes in as QB1, but he's got to earn the QB1 for the season. It's how it should be. But the key is, as he said, they feel very, very good about where Howell's at. And they have a lot of confidence that Howell in what Howell can do. So while, it, you know, you have to say at this point that it's a competition, because if he didn't, then it become a bigger news story that, oh, he's he's already decided it, and people say, why don't you? So this is where it's at. But Howell has always been the first guy with all these drills. And the whole key is if he continues to progress, then they're going to be okay with where with who their starter is. Trust me. So now, when you're looking at a young guy, and he is obviously a young guy with one career start, there's going to be ups and downs. And we've seen it. And we saw the first week of OTAs were here. I thought the day we were out there was pretty good. But there are still some hiccups even there. Last week, a few more hiccups. Today, it looked like some up and down. But you should expect that because they're facing a good defense. And there, you know, there's all sorts of things with offensively that you wonder how that affects what's going on, especially for a young quarterback learning new terminology, learning a different way to look at the defense from you know an offensive coordinator's perspective, what they want. Now, even though there are similarities between the offenses they run, there's still going to be some adjustments for him. So, and the other part is how much of the install they have, and they kind of go heavy install. And so your brain gets a little bit clouded sometimes, and maybe that affects the play. Maybe I'm making excuses for him, but I also know that that's a reality for young quarterbacks when they're learning. So not every time where if there's a couple of mistakes doesn't mean he's had a bad day or anything like that. It just means that's part of the growth, but it's also what else is going on that could affect that. And sometimes it's just a bad throw. Sometimes it's just a bad decision. Again, learn, progress, grow, fine. So with all that in mind, um, keep that in mind. So a few things today. There were a couple of plays where, you know, he missed a guy deep. He missed McLaurin deep. McLaurin had gotten by Emmanuel Forbes, just ran by him down the right side. I think I think Forbes was expecting him to maybe cut a little bit. Didn't do it. Forbes eventually kind of lost his footing. McLaurin's open, ball's out of bounds. So not, not the best throw. Um, next play, good decision on a throw underneath to Curtis Samuel against Benjamin St. Juiced. Nothing fancy, but just the right decision. Um, another time, uh, Forbes blitzes from the left side, hot rod out to McCole, oh, excuse, um, Marcus Kemp on the right side. Another time there was a, I liked, we had this one little three-step drop slid in the pocket to the right, created a little opening for himself and hits Logan Thomas, just going across the middle to the other side. Nothing. Not, he wasn't throwing back across his body, but it was leading him into more yards going the opposite way. Just a good, good little movement in the pocket there for Howell. I think that's one of the things that that I've seen from him um, that I that I've liked. But that's that's what he showed in college, and it's what he showed in his one game last in in in, in his action last year because he showed that he showed that in the preseason, but he also showed that in his one start in against Dallas. Another series, there were a couple of times where he badly missed some throws. Now, again, why is that? That's what I don't know. We see the we see the end result, but sometimes you don't know what led up to that, the process of it. Sometimes it could, again, you could just be a bad throw. Um, there were a couple in a row. Um, the second one, there was one down the middle of the field to Curtis Samuel. 
I don't know if there was confusion on the play because it was so off. And like, how is it when he's off? He's not usually that far off, but he he airmailed this one. And so I wonder if he was expecting him to do something a little bit different. Or again, if he just made a bad throw, but it was an unusually bad miss by Howell. So that's why I kind of note it where it's like, well, you know, again, we don't, I'm not talking to him after every play or or after every practice to find out why'd you miss that throw? You know, it's noted. And again, you have to know you need more information to fully vet out why something happened. And that's something that I always like later on, you find out more information from people and which is my job, but it helps to form better opinions and not just go by always just just what you know, you have to go by what you see. But sometimes there are things that lead into that that you have to understand as well. Um. <clears throat> Another one, he on the next play after that airmail to Samuel, he threw an out to to um, Dax Milne, too low and inside, and um, Richard Wildgoose tips it up, and Cleek Hudson picks it off. So like you see that another time later in the practice, tries to hit tries to hit a receiver on a deep ball, ball hits off Quan Martin's helmet. And then Christian Holmes makes a diving pick in the end zone to, to finish the play. So like there, but that's just a miss. That's a tie to me. That was a timing thing. Now on that one, it certainly looked like the receiver would have been, was covered and you would have had to put a really good throw in there, but an aggressive throw. And sometimes you see what you can do, but then, you know, there were times in the seven on seven, especially where I thought he was pretty good and, you know, accurate, more in rhythm. And I think that's what you want to see is, is he throwing in rhythm? And certainly in 11-11, you're not always going to get that because the defense looks pretty good. And I think those young secondary guys, Forbes, Quan Martin, are really going to help this team. And I think it gives gives the offense a really good look at this point and a guy like Howell. Um, there was another time, one of those one of his last throws I really liked. It was a slant to Dami Brown, just a Good job with the the design of the play because it hits Brown on a little slant right to the middle, and there's an opening. And Brown would have run for a while after that. So I think that was good. I think the other thing is too, and one thing I want to note that I like what this offense has shown is the screen game. And there were a couple times where he executed the screen game. One time was a throw to Brian Robinson. Robinson had a wall of blockers. One defender would have had a big gain. And then another time he hits Terry McLaurin on a screen to the other side that would have been a good gain as well. And again, I think one of the things they they really botched last year, and sometimes it was the linemen who they had in there just weren't good enough to get out there. Sometimes it's how it's set up, but the screen game just wasn't as effective. Some of the tight end screens were, but overall it wasn't as effective. The enemy coming from Kansas City where they ran the screen game very well, I think it's going to be a much improved situation. Jacoby Brissett, Real, just a couple minutes on him. We've talked to him again. His second time, I think we've talked to him since he signed here. Just a professional, comes across very well. Um, getting more, I think, in rhythm. And one of the things, it, it sounded like he had played in this offense. He he's played in this offense before. He really has, and he's played in similar style of offenses, but not in this particular one. So I think he's still getting used to some of that stuff. Um, I think he's getting more comfortable. He looks like he's getting more comfortable. And, and again, I pointed out a couple of weeks ago how he was running, tucking and running more in seven on seven. Well, you're not seeing that as much. That's progress. So that's where you say, okay. And I know that they, you know, even Ron Rivera said they talk about Brissett almost as much as they talk about Howell behind closed doors. So they really like what they have in their quarterback situation. And I think they should. I think this is shaping up to be a good situation, especially with the first two guys. Um, the other thing what you don't see with Brissett much of, at least when we've been out there, are the picks. 
And I think he does a good job taking care of the ball. Sometimes it's a not forcing it. Sometimes he's not as aggressive. Sometimes he's just good at putting the ball away from danger. So for example, if the, you know, if the defender's closing in, um, up high, he might get the ball down low so the guy can get down there and make the catch, you know, to a side. Does it, you know, just really, but usually low, almost like a pitcher with a two-strike count. You're gonna throw it low and away, get him, you know, away from danger. And that's what he does well. So that's another thing. He had a um, you know, he also did a good job today with his hard counts and got the defense to jump at least one time. So that's again professional, professional guy, just a good guy for this team to have. So if 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 Howell doesn't win the job, then they should be covered with him and at least be in a decent spot. I still think like I like where Howell is going or can go. And I like how guy it's, you know, for if you're the team. I think they have to be encouraged by how guys respond to him and how guys are seem to be excited by what they see in him as a quarterback, even on days that, you know, again, it's not, they can process how things are. They don't just go by the end result, but in anyway, that's all you need to know. A couple of O-line combinations and I'm going to get out of here. You had um, Leno working with the starters. Of course, that's what he is. Ricky Stromberg was working at center with the twos during some of the full team work. That's an elevation for him. And, you know, so that's, that's where, that's what you would expect. And I did think I saw, and I wanted to double check this, but I'm gonna, I'll double check it. But Braden Daniels looked like he was working at left guard a couple of times. I say look like, because there are, sometimes you're focusing on other stuff. I'm like, wait a minute, did I see that right? And you write down the number. So I do think that that's, that's what it was. So, but that's where he should be working at guard and excuse me, at tackle and guard. So, you know, if they, and, and he was next to Aaron Montero, who is a tackle. So there you go. Um, and that's it. That's all for me. That's a long wrap up folks. I'll be back with another one after Wednesday's OTA practice. So talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in.